mighty God. Lord, we honor you in this place. We honor you in this place. We honor you in this place. You're going to have to forgive me here this morning, but I am, I've been walking down memory lane a little bit. Can anyone hear me okay? Okay. I've been walking uh, down memory lane a little bit. I I remember standing up here about 17 years ago. I was thinking about this when I was over worshiping next to my wife. This was just a dirt hillside. There was a big valley that went down through here, and uh, we were just breaking ground and uh, starting construction. We moved uh, 66,000 yards of dirt uh, to, to fill up a little valley down here. and. And we were standing up here looking out over our city. And uh, I thought, wouldn't it be great to have an amphitheater out here where we could worship God and, uh, and lift up praise? And, you know, I didn't know it was going to be 95 today. Okay, sorry. I didn't know. You know, I was hoping it would be warm enough to be out here. And uh, you never know in June. You know, it can be snowing next Sunday. So we never, we don't know. Someone said, stop it. But uh, I'm just so thankful for God's faithfulness throughout history to all generation. And, of course, many of you weren't here when we were doing all that. But we had you in our heart. We had you in the eyes of faith. We were praying for you. We knew God's love was reaching out to you and touching you. And it's a privilege to be here today uh, and just worshiping with you together. I'm going to invite you to grab somebody's hand and... uh, Let's ask the Lord's blessing on our time. Heavenly Father, we want to declare your greatness in this place this morning. We want to thank you so much for being here, Lord, for touching each one. Lord, thank you for your wonderful presence in this beautiful setting outside. We love you. Thank you for giving it to us as a gift this morning. We're enjoying it. We glorify you. Praise your name in Jesus' name. Could we all say amen together? Amen. Amen. Uh, So, uh, Go welcome somebody, maybe give a happy Father's Day to someone close by.
brothers many times to uh, children and, of course, uh, others in your uh, circle of influence, practical support. It says in Proverbs 20, uh, verse 7, it says, The righteous man who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children who walk after him. Could we say amen to that? Blessed are his children who walk after him. So, brothers, I'm going to invite you to stay seated, and I'm going to invite the rest of us to stand up, because we're going to give you a standing ovation here this morning. Could we tell them uh, we appreciate them? Amen. We appreciate their love, their support, yeah, their encouragement, their sacrifice, uh, their serving. Amen, brothers. Oh, I know that's hard for you, uh, brothers, to uh, allow us to show appreciation. I think I think we all underestimate our importance, our importance, and just uh, the impact our life has. But you're more important than you realize. And uh, I'm going to talk about that, of course, a little bit uh, this uh, morning. This if you brought a Bible this morning or have a phone uh, and an app, we're in Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 9 this morning. And by the way, Cheryl's going to help me with the message this morning. I'm excited about that. To, uh, you know, she's had on her heart just a desire to encourage the men uh, here in the life of our church. And uh, uh, I felt like it was the right time. And so uh, she's going to help me with this message a little bit. Together, we want to talk about leaving a legacy that lasts. And of course, there are so many things we could talk about. We're going to try to narrow it down to just a few uh, because you're going to get pretty warm here this morning. But I don't know if you've noticed, maybe it's just because I'm a grandpa and I'm sitting there with my grandkids watching stuff on TV, cartoons or whatever, but superheroes are kind of a big deal, you know, to, to kids growing up. Uh, if you're uh, into uh, uh, Spider-Man or uh, Superman or uh, if you're watching cartoons right now, PJ Masks. Are there any parents whose kids watch PJ Masks? Oh, look at this. A lot of them. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, exposed to that. Hey, the real superheroes today here are the dads, uh, the fathers. I really believe that, and it's not just a cliche. I just believe our influence is greater uh, than we realize. Your love for the Lord. What a standard uh, to set in motion for future generations. Of course, uh, your love for your spouse, your love for your kids. Uh, standing up for what is true and what is right, trying to raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's just a, a huge challenge in, in the day we live. Do you know that father, father is a title we share with God for a short period of time while we're here on earth. Let me say it again. Father is a title that you share with God for a short period of time uh, while you're here on this earth. And uh, to me, that's amazing. Uh, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he said, when you pray, uh, pray like this, our Father in heaven, uh, hallowed be your name. You know, when your children call you Father, that's a pretty significant title. It really is. See, the image of their heavenly father is being shaped by you. It really is. There, there are um, Christian psychologists, anyway, who will uh, tell us 
that your image of God affects everything in your life. Uh, and, and if that starts uh, in your relationship with Father, how, how important is that uh, for us in uh, our relationship with our children? Now, we all know we're not perfect. Uh, we're not like our Father in heaven who is holy. But uh, we are the gift that God has given our children uh, to comfort them, to encourage them, to help protect them. And, and provide them. And uh, brothers who have older children, I want to encourage you, uh, your role is important. It never goes away, regardless of how old your children are. Uh, your love and influence is still uh, important in your children's life. So uh, Shell and I are going to talk about three things uh, that I really believe help us leave a legacy that lasts. And the first one is the legacy of our words. Through our words, we have an amazing impact. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And Think for a minute about your words. It's so hard to, to have the right thing to say all the time in the midst of the stress that we face, the frustration. There are times where you get caught up in what's going on in the media or, or, or the news, something that happens at work, and, and all of a sudden, you don't mean to, but all that frustration comes out in a moment of conflict uh, with, with your family. Our words are important. And brothers, we have to continually train our mouth how to speak. Uh, why don't you uh, turn to your neighbor, slap him on the cheek, and say, train your mouth. <laughs> uh, maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. We do. We have to train our mouth. Our words inspire. Our words give hope. Our words bring comfort and encouragement. H how many of you uh, enjoy getting up in the morning to spend time in God's Word? Yeah. Do you know that your words to your family are equally as important? And I, I don't think we realize how important they really are. One of the things about God when you read the Bible is God is a communicator. He communicates his heart. He communicates his feelings. He communicates his love. And I don't know about you, but there are days when I come home from work, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to sit in front of the TV and go in my nothing box, you know, in my brain. I just, I just want to stare for a while. I don't want to, I don't want to engage and I don't want to communicate. But uh, your family needs you. They need you to learn to be a communicator. There's stuff going on in their life, more than you realize. Even young children, they're battling not only the challenges of school, but the stresses of friendship and who likes me and who doesn't like me and, you know, am I loved and am I accepted? And, you know, even though we just think they're kids, uh, they, they face real battles in their life. They need to hear your word and, and your words. I love the picture of Jesus when he was baptized. Remember, uh, he came up out of the water and the, 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 the heavens were parted. Uh, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and his father spoke to him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, you go to a commentator, and he might say, you know, the father spoke from heaven so the people who were there could recognize that Jesus was, in fact, the son of God, which, by the way, they missed it, okay? They didn't get it. 
some will say he spoke because John the Baptist needed to know that he was the Lamb of God uh, who would take away the sins of the world. And we know the things that happened to John the Baptist. Later he's arrested, thrown in jail, and eventually baptized. He needed to have assurance. But I'm not sure that's the only reason the Father spoke. I think the Father spoke because Jesus was his son. God spoke to his son. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus was fully God. There's no question of that. He knew who he was. and He knew where he was going. But after that time, it says the spirit led Jesus out in the wilderness to be tempted. And through that time of tempting, it says he, it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus defeated every uh, satanic attack during that time of temptation. There's something about your words, brothers, that, that help your children stand in the midst of the fire and the pressure and the temptations that are coming at them from the world and, of course, <laughs> that are within their own soul. We just need to understand the value of our words. I'm going to read uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 28, because I think we miss part of it sometimes. This is, this is the scripture that talks about husbands loving your wife as Christ loved the church. And I want to read it to you, and I want to see if you maybe notice something you haven't noticed before there. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Isn't it interesting in that verse, we talk about the sacrificial love of Jesus and his willingness to you know, pay the price, die on the cross. But you see in verse 26, it says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the word. Something about your words. I know that your wives are amazing. They're perfect, you know, they're beautiful. And, and it, by the way, that is true. But they go through battles too. There's an attack from the enemy wanting to rob their faith plant doubts in their mind, uh, minister discouragement. How, how many know the enemy's major ministry is just discouragement in life? And so they're under attack all the time, and there's something about your words. Washing her by the water of the word. Your words are powerful, and I think we have a tendency to underestimate the significance and the power of our words with our spouse and with our children. So, brothers, what does your wife need to hear? Something that you could be thinking about all the time. What does your daughter need to hear? She's facing pressure all the time growing up uh, in, the, in the schools, just growing up as a young woman. What does your daughter need to hear? What, is, what does your son need to hear? It says in Proverbs 25, verse 11, the right word at the right time is like precious gold set in silver. I, I think about some of the stressful situations that I've gone through with my kids, of course, growing up. But even as an adult, 
Sometimes some of their failures that they have gone through in their life. I wish, I wish life was perfect. I wish it was what we dreamed it, it, it could be, but sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. And at those critical moments, my word, so critical, my word, a right word at the right time is like precious gold set in silver. And sometimes during those stressful situations, those critical situations, your word sets in motion healing. Your, your word sets in motion hope. Your word sets in motion freedom from shame or freedom from guilt. It communicates acceptance. It communicates love. And in spite of their, their failure, our, our words, wisely spoken, can help our children start over. It can help our children renew their strength and find their faith again. Our, our words are so important. And one of the ways uh, that we can pass on a legacy that will last is simply through our words. The second way is through our faith. And I'm going to invite Cheryl to come up and share with us. And uh, I'm going to invite you to welcome her as she comes. Thank you. Um, I just want to take a minute and encourage you all. And um, the Lord laid on my heart a few weeks ago, just randomly, that to speak a word of encouragement to the men. And it's kind of like, yeah, no, mm -hmm. no, no, Lord. But, you know, when it bugs you for two weeks solid, you know you have to be obedient. So anyway, I'll just take a couple of quick minutes here. But I wanted one of the things I wanted to say was that for the last couple of Sundays here at KCC, we have been fed some incredible word of God. Kelly and Pastor Scott both have shared with us about the word of God. And not only is it the word for each, all of us, but there's words that the Lord has spoken to you. And one of my challenges or encouragement to you is that God's word is for you. It's the truth and it is life. And I want to encourage you, are you going to embrace it? Are you going to believe it and grab hold of it? Or I don't know about you, but there's often times, I'll go through times where I'll go, yeah, that word is really good, but it's for everybody else. It's not for me. And I don't know why we do that, but we tend to do that. It's kind of like, well, it's for everybody else, God's word, but, but this is not for me. But you know what? That is a lie of the enemy, and the word of God is for you. It is for you. And so I really want to encourage you. Are you going to grab hold of it? Are you going to take it to heart? Philippians 2.13, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And that is just so amazing to me. God gives us both the desire and the power to serve him and live for him. But we have to choose. We get to make the choice to do it the right way. Paul, who's the author of Philippians, he wants to tell us that God will provide the passion and the power if we will choose to get on the right path. And that path is God's word, saying it, believing it, and applying it to our lives. I really like Joseph, one of the um, guys in the Old Testament. He is such an amazing example to me of faith. And I don't know if you know much about Joseph, but he was the favorite son of a wealthy landowner. And he was pretty proud of himself. And um, he knew he had quite the life ahead of him. He even dreamed about what his future would look like. 
until one day his brothers sold him into slavery. And in a moment, in an instant, Joseph was stripped of everything, of his family, his future, his position, all of his resources. Every plan for Joseph's life was shattered. He was taken to Egypt by the slave traders, and things didn't go very well for, them, for him there either. He was thrown in prison. He was accused. Things were not going well. But no matter what he went through, he never stopped trusting God. And God never stopped showing up for Joseph and showing him favor and love. Joseph eventually, if you can believe, from being down in the pit in prison, he eventually got promoted to the second in command in Egypt, one of the highest positions there is. Ultimately, he ends up rescuing thousands of peoples from a seven-year famine, including his brothers that sold him into slavery. Every painful experience that Joseph's past prepared him for a future purpose that would save countless lives. And maybe in some way you can relate to Joseph. Maybe your life just doesn't look like how you had hoped or how you had dreamed that it was going to turn out. But whatever you're facing, God does have a perfect record of turning broken hopes and dreams around for our good and for his glory. He has never stopped working in your life, no matter what's going on. No matter what hardship you're facing, just like Joseph, he has never stopped working in your life. And God will continue to show you favor and love. And he will continue to walk, as you walk with him, he will continue to be at work. And when you walk with Jesus, nothing, nothing that you have gone through will ever be wasted. Nothing will ever be wasted. Now, we've all been there. Each one of us gone, has gone through really difficult times in our lives, and we have all made mistakes. Or another way to say it, as I have done personally, is we have all done stupid. Has anybody here not done stupid in their life? <laughs> we have all done stupid. So just to know, we are all, even though it's terrorist, this is a level playing ground, okay? This word is for everyone, because each one of us has done stupid in life. But I want to encourage you, don't disqualify yourself just because you've done stupid or life has done stupid to you. Don't disqualify yourself because of your past. We all tend to do that, and we all take ourselves out of the game. But I want to encourage you, don't do that. It says in Hebrews 11.34, and it lists a whole bunch of heroes of faith that have gone through things, and it says their weakness was turned to strength. And that word is for you too, that same word. Their weakness was turned to strength. God can and will use all your mess-ups and your stupids. He will take your weakness and he will turn them into strength. And I don't know about you, but that is really good news. God is not only a great builder, but he is the ultimate architect. He is a great redeemer. He is a restoration specialist. Did you know that? God is a restoration specialist, and he is the best general contractor out there. Before you even know what you need, he is working at providing it for you. Psalms 91.2 says, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I will trust in him. We have to make the decision to move forward in our lives. No matter what our past is, we get to make that choice to move forward. 
and declare. This I declare. And each one of us has different things that we need to declare about God. But this I declare. Abraham is another favorite of mine in the Old Testament because he is such an example of perseverance. He waited many, many, many years before God gave him the son that he had promised him. He had spent many, many years wandering around in foreign lands, not knowing for sure where he was going. There was many areas, several areas in his life where he just spent waiting, waiting, waiting. And, you know, no one could have blamed Abraham if he had finally said, I'm done, I'm out. You know, if he became bitter, if he became defensive, angry or fearful about the call that God had given to him. But instead, Abraham, he chooses to live with the tension of trusting that God will intervene and worshiping God even if he doesn't. He lives with that tension of trusting that God will intervene, but yet choosing to worship even if God doesn't. As we all know and experience, life gets really messy. But we have that faithfulness of God in his word. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's all the people that have gone before us and have done stupid, that all the people that have, God has entered and redeemed their lives and made um, good out of difficult things. So, such a great cloud of witness. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Each one of us has a race to run. And I want to encourage you, God's word is truth. Take it to heart, own it, believe it. I love how the Message Bible says this. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze away, all these veterans, they're cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sin. Keep our eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he is there. He's in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourself flaggering, when you're struggling in your faith, go over the story again and again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. Now that will shoot adrenaline to your soul. That will give you what you need. So I want to encourage you today. You have a race to run. Run your race. For if our faith is rooted in the God who has authority over all things, good, bad, and ugly, God has authority over all things. So if our faith is rooted in God who has authority over all things, then we, like Abraham, we can walk into the unknown, embracing the tension of believing God can restore all things and worshiping him even if he doesn't. Amen. That's good preaching.
<laughs> All right. Why don't we have our worship team come on up, and I'm going to invite you to stand. We, we did have three things, but we're going to put a comma there. Uh, we've got a crew that have uh, brunch all ready for us. Uh, we've got chicken and waffles, and I uh, hope you'll hang around for a while and enjoy it and uh, uh, just enjoy some fellowship with one another. As the worship team is coming, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention about uh, leaving a legacy that lasts is just through a heart of service for others. I, I really appreciate you. I know many of you, and I know your heart of service for others. I, I know all the things you do that go unnoticed, uh, things you do for family members, for friends, people in the community. You really are amazing. Uh, you know, service is caught, not taught. It's one of those things that uh, you try to teach your kids <laughs> uh, when you're raising them, but they have to catch it. The same was true as Jesus' disciples. They didn't get it, but after he washed their feet uh, the night before he was crucified, they started, they started getting it. They started understanding. So I'm going to invite you to stand here. We're going to close with prayer, and I'm going to ask my wife uh, to say a prayer over us uh, as, as we go here. There's a couple of scriptures that she'd like to read, and then we'll head out. Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm because we are united in Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showed us his kindness and he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And Philippians 1, verse 6, And I am certain, I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Lord, I thank you for each person here, but especially the men today. Father, I pray blessing on them in the name of Jesus. Just like Joseph, just like Abraham, just like David, men of God, Lord, they all messed up, but you still had a plan and a purpose for them. You called them, you redeemed them, you restored them. I claim that for each gentleman here today, young and old. Father, thank you for your blessing on these men here at Klamath Christian Center today. Thank you for anointing them with your wisdom. Thank you for anointing them with your forgiveness and your gracious grace. Thank you for giving them clear direction. Lord, thank you that the past is done. Today is a new day. We draw a line in the sand and say no more. I am walking forward in the power and the strength of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your favor on these men. Lord, and we give all glory and honor to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's lift up some praise to him before we go. Jesus. Jesus.
power of the Holy Spirit is at work. Lord, thank you for that. So a couple of things as we head out. First of all, we get to have a water baptism. We're going to celebrate that following the service. So uh, as you head down to get some brunch, 
Uh, there's going to be a line headed by the uh, cafeteria there, and it moves really, really quick. Don't get discouraged if you see a little bit of a line. Trust me, these ladies are organized. And so uh, you'll just walk through, grab it. You can go out on the lawn, and you can eat. The kids still have the bounce house set up.